Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. This show is brought to you by the folks at Better Nutrition, Amazing Wellness, Clean Eating, Vegetarian Times, The Yoga Journal, and more. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. So thank you again for listening to Talk Healthy Today, and here's a word from our sponsors. There are some amazing people out there with incredible cookbooks, and one of them joining us today is Amy Riolo. Amy, am I saying your last name correctly? Oh, yes. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, good. Uh, we're talking now about the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook, second edition, a flavorful, heart-healthy approach to cooking. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It's great to be here. All right. So, Amy, let's talk a little bit first about the Mediterranean diet, because it seems like looking at the long-term studies that this really is one of the healthiest diets in the world. And if you're managing diabetes, it's even better. (laughs) So talk to us about this. Sure. Well, you know, some of the reasons are because it's not really a diet. Um, so this this year, U.S. News and World Report ranked it the number one uh, diet for 2019 because they believe that it was the quote unquote easiest diet to follow, the best diabetes diet, and the best diabetes the best diet for healthy eating. So um, the great thing is that it's not a diet; it's more of a lifestyle plan. And why I think that's so wonderful for people is you don't have to omit anything from the get go. You don't have to say like, "I'm never going to do this." again, you know, I'm never going to eat fast food, or I'm never going to have sugar, or I'm never going to have wheat, or you, you know, unless you have another reason to do that. But you can, in moderation, eat a lot of different foods. And so it gives people a lot of choice, a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility. And, you know, even if you're new to the kitchen and new to cooking, the Mediterranean region has so many great flavors, because it spans from the south of France to Israel and Morocco to Egypt. So there's a lot going on and, and a lot of variety. You won't get bored. You'll eat great, delicious food that has nutritional benefits for your body. Well, I'm a huge fan of the Mediterranean diet, and I think it's so great that you were able to put together all these fantastic recipes. Now, this isn't your first, uh, what's that expression, time at the rodeo? Or <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let's talk before we jump into these fabulous recipes. I want to talk about you and your career and how did you get into healthy living and cooking and, and you know recipe development and all that great stuff you do? Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, you know, this is my eighth cookbook. Wow. I started uh, many years ago. I wasn't planning to have this as a career, and I and I definitely wasn't planning on focusing on the healthy eating when I even decided I want to write wanted to write about food. But it was really just my life spoke to me. And you know, there's a saying in Italian that sometimes your life becomes your career, and that's what happened for me. Uh, my family's originally from the south of Italy, and when I was uh, growing up in upstate New York, my mom uh, was diagnosed with diabetes, and by that point, I was a teenager. And I was the family cook. So I had to make our food fit into her lifestyle plan. And it was difficult because, you know, back then it was before the internet. Um, they didn't have all these wonderful cookbooks to choose from like now and healthy eating was was a bad word. So it was really difficult for me to kind of figure it out. So I said, I realized that our relatives in Italy, um, everybody on this side of the pond had a twin over there, except the twin over there 
uh, was really healthy and living a lot longer and didn't have so many complications like diabetes and heart disease and hypertension and you name it. So I said, you know, this was the first time even as a kid that it dawned on me that not everything is the fault of our genes. And like we do, we do, we, uh, we do have power over our health and we can make some great changes. So I said, you know, I want to be able to help people with what, um, you know, I see people doing in Italy and kind of, you know, bring that to, to the States and help people to learn um, some of their traditions and things. So I started with my mom and I wanted to make a meal that the whole family could eat every night that was, you know, fine with her diabetes uh, requirements. And so I said, you know, if we're all going to have to eat the same meal. I don't want to cook twice and I want to make it I was a kid, you know, I didn't want to have bad tasting food. So it was a challenge, but it was, I, I, I kind of really started to like the challenge. I would really, you know, every day I would be like, okay, I have these ingredients. I have these nutritional requirements. How can I coax the most flavor and make everybody at the table happy? And, you know, uh, 20 years later, it became my career. So it's, um, it was really cool. And so this is my, my eighth cookbook. It's the uh, fourth one that I've worked on with the American Diabetes Association in particular. And, you know, I, I call it healthy by default because I think that flavor should come first and what we like should come first. And then then we bring in the health and make sure that it works the plan. Instead, sometimes people look at it from the other way and um, then they sit down at the table at the end of the night and they don't want to eat what they prepared because they haven't given what they like any thought or they haven't, you know, um, thought about the appetite of the people. So I, I like to combine all of those things. And um, the Mediterranean is just a great way to do it because there's so many good choices and it's so flexible. It really is. And you know, it's funny, Amy, because I think when people think of Italy, they think of pizza and pasta. But that, you know, if you have pasta, it's a very small amount. I went to Italy. It's been, geez, over 20 years. But I remember, you know, the, the portions were not huge like they are here in America. Everything's mm -hmm. way too much, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just great because it was so delicious. And you didn't, you didn't need a huge amount. That's, you know, those are two, two really good points. Um, I lead culinary tours to Italy, so we'll have to get you back soon. Um, oh, but I would love that. <laughs> you know, the Italians were voted the healthiest people in Europe last year, and, and it's exactly what you said. I have another book called The Italian Diabetes Cookbook, where I specifically only focus on Italian recipes to prove to how healthful it can be. Um, and there are many different reasons for that. You know, yes, it's a smaller portion of pasta, but it's also cooked differently. It's using a much better wheat. You know, the quality of wheat in Italy is different than the quality here and what they allow into food. That's one portion. The other portion is um, they cook it much less. So what we consider al dente is like mushy for Italians and they consider it, they cook it even more al dente than that. The more that you cook the pasta, the more the nutrients come out of it and the more, um, the more starch builds. So a little less cook is better. And also this, the sauces. A lot of times people are blaming pasta on high sugar count and chemicals and things like that. And it's not the pasta's fault. It's like the, the fault of the sauce that they're, you know, the, the box or the jar or whatever they're putting on those things have a ton of hidden um, ingredients in them. So I recommend, you know, people use fresh vegetables, legumes, seafoods, even if you, even, you know, now is, is starting to get warmer weather. So you can just chop up some tomatoes and have a little bit of uh, fresh mozzarella and some herbs and vegetables. You don't even have to cook them and toss it with the pasta and it'll be healthful and delicious and, um, you know, full of fiber and, and nutrients. So that, that's one thing, but Italians do eat pasta every day. And, um, I want people to, to understand they have to have carbs and all carbs are bad. You know, we have to, we have to balance our meals kind of thing because a lot of people are phobic, actually phobic about pasta at this point in time. 
Oh, definitely. You know, I think what's interesting too is looking at it from a diabetes standpoint, because with the diabetes, you've got to be so careful with the sugar content, right? And so I, I do tend to think, uh, you know, if you're eating a ton of white pasta or white rice or white bread, that's not great, right? Because it's going to, so that's the, that's the point. You know, you have a whole wheat focaccia in your book. Uh, you have a potato artichoke tort. You have, one of my favorites is the Greek chicken Slovaki because I love Greek and I love chicken and I love Slovaki. I'm leaving for Greece on Tuesday. I lead tours oh, there. Oh, come on, Amy, put me in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But what I, so they're not, you know, super carb heavy, but they still have touches. So talk to us about that. And how right. did you balance that? Because it's, if it was just a regular cookbook, you could go a little more refined carb heavy, right? Sure, that's exactly true. So that, and that's a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you appreciate the, um, you know, the balancing act. What I do, uh, when I do diabetes work or uh, recipes with people who are trying to control carbs is I don't start with that in the meal planning. Actually, with all meal planning, I always start with the vegetables and the produce, whatever is in season at this time, because our body craves those nutrients that are in the, the local um, fresh produce. It's less expensive. You know, we get a lot of fiber and a lot of antioxidant bang for our buck if we go with vegetables. So I always start thinking about the vegetables and then I'm like, what is the best thing that I can do with those? So um, I want to make sure that, that that's where I start with the ingredients. So then that way the carb can be a fuller, a filler. Instead of if you start with rice or you start with pasta, then you're just kind of adding things to it. I do it the other way around. I start with the artichokes. I start with the, actually this book is laid out that way. It's laid out uh, according to the Mediterranean diet pyramid. So there's a big chapter, you know, in the beginning, it talks about the base of the pyramid, which is um, enjoying meals with others and and physical activity. And then the next chapter is the plant-based food. And, and the next chapter is, um, you know, the fish and seafood. And the next chapter is the dairy. It goes that way. And then within each chapter, I break it down into actual ingredients. So in the plant-based food, which is the beginning, we start with, um, you know, all of the, the fruits and the, the vegetables and things that begin with A. And then I give the overview of why those uh, particular things are beneficial. And then I give the recipe. So like we start out the very first uh, recipe portion starts with artichokes. Um, and that's what I want people to do. You know, I wanted to do seasonal, but then I said, but what's in season in California is not what's in season in Maine or Florida. So I did it this way. That way I figured people could go to the store or the market or their garden and bring home what they've got and then look and see, okay, what's the best way I can I can treat that vegetable, um, which is very old school, actually, um, Mediterranean way of way of thinking and cooking. And it, and it totally helps set us up for the diet because, you know, then we know. So like in asparagus, I have, you know, cream of asparagus soup. Um, asparagus is in season now, the French sole with mushrooms and asparagus, uh, mixed salad with tomato. So, um, and normally people would put the sole, you know, in with the fish, but I just, I wanted to have the, the asparagus and the mushroom to be the protagonist. So I put it there and, and that's a great tip for people, you know, think about that first and then add in little bits of the, the, um, carbs. I also in meal planning and in the balancing act for, for any special diet, I never, unless I really, really have to try to fake out a very popular dish. For example, some of my clients, you know, are from Mexico and they like to eat a dish called chilaquiles, which is like tortilla. Oh, I love chilaquiles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't, you cannot make a, a low fat version of chilaquile that someone has a, a food memory of and have them be satisfied. So I say, you know, have the chilaquile a little quantity once a week or a little more quantity once a month, but then in the other time, you know, eat these more healthful foods from, from Mexico, the salsa or the things like this, because um, that way you'll, you, can, you don't have to give up anything, but you're, you're able to get the nutrients that you need through the day. 
Yeah. When I go to a Mexican restaurant, I eat the guacamole with a fork. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I figure why not, you know. I mean, I'll have a chips once in a while, but I try for the most part. I call myself a whole food foodatarian, and I can see the audience going, oh, boy, there she goes again. Uh, if it's a whole food, I'm going to eat it. So that's what I love about so many of these recipes. Making the vegetables that are in season, the base, is not only so nutritious, but it's so delicious. Right. Right. And you get the color variation and you know, people, I find, you know, everybody's busy, Even I do this for a living and I don't have time to stop and think about it. So I can imagine if someone who had a, a whole other profession or, or things to take care of. Um, but you know, that way too, you get the rainbow. And so you're making sure that you get a lot of different colored fruits and vegetables. So you get a lot of different nutrients. It's very easy to do it. Uh, the nutrition thing in layman's terms, when you're going with mother nature. Now, what is it like in terms of creating each recipe and what, what time goes into it? Are there some that are like, you've done it before, but you're just tweaking the spices a bit. And then are there somewhere it's like, whoa, this is kind of new territory and I need to sort of figure this out. Yeah. You know, it's always a combination, Lisa, because some things are family recipes and they're just, you know, like the, there's a penne with a tomato eggplant sauce. That's a family recipe. I mean, I could make it, you know, blindfolded in my next 50 lives easy. Um, and so that was not difficult at all. Um, and there, there are other things that I learned later in life that are important part of my tours, like the Moroccan Harira soup and things that I, that we eat a lot when we, when we go there or when we're promoting the tour. And then there are other things that I just, um, I'll have offered in an event or at a class or in some kind of menu that I prepared um, for work. And then I find that people really enjoy it. So I'll incorporate it in and, and also because it goes well with diabetes or um, among my travels, you know, sometimes um, I'll find an amazing dish and want to want to have that in it. Other times I collaborate with a doctor also named Dr. Sam Pappas and we teach culinary medicine courses. So, uh, you know, he'll be talking about a particular nutrient or a particular, um, you know, study that just came out about a different spice. And so I'll want to think about, you know, what are the different ways that I can incorporate that? And I, I do all of that first. I, I make, I write the recipe, I create it. As I create it, I'm looking at the recipe to make sure that I, I put the steps in order and then I, I'm doing what I'm telling people to do. Because cooks, you know, we don't use recipes. So it, that's another step. And then I make sure that it works, that it tastes good. I tweak it. Then I give it out to my recipe testers and make sure that it's okay with them. Um, and then sometimes I'll come back and add in another level of nutrient. So, you know, maybe I realized, well, hey, you know, we could get some flaxseed in there and do, do get a, some more omegas, something like that, and, and, and boost up the nutrient thing, especially for people with diabetes, and do that. Um, and then I'll send it in for, for nutritional analysis and, you know, to make sure that it, it meets with the American Diabetes Association's standards. Um, and if it doesn't, then I'll have to tweak it again. And if it does, it does. But honestly, using like the no-brainer approach it's usually pretty easy um, with the current standards and they, a lot of things um, usually fit. I think for people who were not familiar with this lifestyle, the most uh, challenging thing that they would find would be the portion sizes. Um, you know, but what you, what, I try to look at it and also what the Mediterranean is good at is that you get a lot of little tastes of a lot of different things. So I think if we go of the American, you know, one plate with having everything on it. And, and that's my only shot and think about, okay, I can get an, I have a salad over here, which is also going to fill me up. And I've got this over there. And you know, this is playing on this. And it, um, you can get a lot of different flavors in a meal. And that even mentally just helps you to, to become more full because you it literally looks like you're eating more because you're, you're doing a lot of different little things instead of just one. 
Oh, that's great. You know, it's great too that the nutritional values are listed. That really helps as well. You have detailed ingredients. You've got the preparation steps. I mentioned the nutrition values. That's why we did a second edition. We we created, we took some of the fan favorites. We made sure that they um, corresponded with the new requirements from the American Diabetes Association because the, the requirements have changed. So uh, in terms of nutritional analysis, so we did that. We added uh, about 50 uh, additional recipes swapped out some of the old ones, updated some of the old ones. And then I was able to also add the all of the information from my tours that I do in Morocco, Greece, Italy, uh, Turkey, the time that I spent in Egypt. And then um, we I reorganized it so that it was organized like the Mediterranean diet pyramid instead of first course, second course, the way that the old book was. So I, I really do feel that anybody who has the old book will will like this one even more. Well, take us through again. You mentioned the different, the way you divide up the different food sections. Sure. I think it's important because, um, you know, the, 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 uh, Mediterranean diet pyramid was actually created here in the United States through the world uh, health organization. Um, and the, uh, the, Office of the public Office of Public Health and Harvard, and they wanted to be able to come up with a easy graphic for Americans to look at and kind of understand this diet or this you know lifestyle plan, which they didn't grow up um, using. So they came up with the Mediterranean Diet Pyramid, and um, you can you can go on the Old Ways website, which is O L D. O-L-D-W-A-Y-S and, you know, access your own. There's all kinds of information there. But um, at the bottom of the pyramid, it doesn't even talk about food. It talks about being physically active and enjoying meals with others. So this is the base of the quote unquote diet, which is awesome because most diets dive right in and talk about nutrition, but this is looking at the person. And this one aspect I tell people, even if you don't do anything else, even if you continue eating everything that you're eating now, if you do this, you will see results mentally and physically. Um, and it's a key portion of the Mediterranean because people there, um, all of life is planned around meals, no matter what country you're in. I don't care if you're in Provence or if you're in Egypt or if you're in Morocco or Italy. You know, when I'm with my with my um, partners and, and with my friends and with my family in these different countries, we always stop. You know, we could be in the middle of a meeting in Italy. If it's one o'clock is approaching, everybody starts to get nervous. We're like, okay, blah, 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 wrap it up. Got to be with your family and you've got to go. And it's that you could be on the brink of like signing a contract, a really big deal, but everything stops at that like a, almost like a religion um it's very they're very respectful of meal times and it's not only in italy it's in other places except the times are different in the different places in the Mediterranean. some egypt they eat very late for example but it's all um th- that reverence for the meal is is very important and so that's important because you know psychologically as a doctor you know you, you can you can see too that um it's an honoring of the self you know, it's, it's nourishing myself is important. I'm going to take time to do this, to be with my loved ones, to, to have quality time. And if people, you know, don't have families, then they're with coworkers or with friends or with, you know, you could go somewhere and just sit with a stranger and start talking. It's not weird in, in most places in the world. So um, to kind of, you know, eat communally. That's lovely. Yeah, because psychologically also they found in a lot of the blue zones. So one of the places we're going uh, in Greece next week is Ikaria. Ikaria is one of the blue zone islands where people, you know, tend to live well um, into their hundreds. And wow. um, 
have enjoyed great health, they know every day at a certain time that they're going to eat with other people. And that psychologically, it just is so, uh, it gives us a sense of security that I think is the underlying way that we operate, which is very important. It helps, it affects our hormones, it affects our whole kind of state of being before we even talk about food. So one of the things I do on my blog and in the book also, and I realize that this is difficult for Americans because we're set up the whole opposite way. And a lot of people live alone. And even myself, when I'm writing or working in the kitchen or whatever, I'm usually eating alone. I'm not usually then later sitting down with a lot of people. Um, So it's, you know, how do we do that? So I actually give people tips like, you know, have an eating buddy. We have jogging buddies. We have we have uh, workout buddies. We have friends that we do this and that with tennis. Why not have an eating buddy or two or three? You know, um, call someone. Like worst case scenario, you're eating me. You've got to be alone. Facetime someone, and it's that's weird for people too because normally we say I've got to go. I've got to eat. It's like no, 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 no. <laughs> So that's a big thing, you know, um, and I can go on and on, but I, I won't monopolize the whole show on that. Um, oh, also, I love it. Um, the physical activity, you know, and, and we, we think about gym and we think about working out, we think about walking. And luckily, you know, for people who are in all kinds of different scenarios, there's there's so much new research on all kinds of different physical activity and the positive effects that it can have on your health. Um, one of the things, you know, Dr. Pappas brought to my attention last year was printed, I think it was in the New York Times, an article about how if people went up and down stairs for one minute, just 60 seconds, one minute, three times a day, that had significant impact on their health, positive impact. So, um, you know, three minutes total, but morning, noon, night, you spend one minute just going up and down the stairs. It can, it can help, you know, boost metabolism and things like that. So very minimal, but then there are more things we can do, you know, taking the stairs and going for a walk and, you know, being outside in nature, gardening. A lot of the people, um, the lifestyle experts that are really um, focusing in on the Mediterranean lifestyle, you know, talk about the benefits of gardening and, um, you know, daily household chores. So it doesn't even have to be anything too strenuous, but just making sure that we're moving. And in the Mediterranean, people are always moving. Even you'll see really old, you know, people in their like 90s, pushing 100, going up these stairs and carrying bags and, you know, being outside, you know, fixing their garden and things. It's very, it's very they're very active usually and um that that can really help too that uh, the notion of being physically active i know i wish we were more like that here i really want to move to these places you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying we're trying to we're trying to create some of these positive changes here uh, and a lot of people are doing amazing things here too but because we're focusing on the on this lifestyle so i'm i'm, I'm highlighting that a little bit um and then we start talking about food so the the big food base, you know, on the, on the pyramid is the, the, um, plant-based food. So fruits, vegetables, grains, you know, mostly whole olive oil, which is a huge topic in and of its own. If, if I wrote my own pyramid, I would have a whole layer on olive oil, beans, nuts, legumes, seeds, herbs, and spices. And basically no matter where you are in any of the countries, um, the, those, ingredients are the ones that the meals are based upon. People very um, easily get lots of fresh fruits and vegetables in the the day. And that's because there's a lot of importance placed on agriculture and, uh, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables are easily accessible. And also they're, they're wound into the culture and appreciated heavily. So um, they have festivals, you know, if it's asparagus season, so there'll be an asparagus festival. And these date back to ancient times when there were agrarian gods and things like this. So you go to the, you know, you're in Italy, for example, and you're strolling through this town and it's the the Sunday that they're having the asparagus festival and the whole town square, the piazza will be dedicated to asparagus. They'll have rides for the kids and face painting and they'll have a spare, kind of like a farmer's market, but just for literally one vegetable with the whole town out 
And, you know, you'll see that vegetable in 20 different, 30, 40 different preparations. So by the time you're six, if you've been to a couple of these different, you know, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I can, we can eat asparagus like this, or we can eat asparagus like that, or we can, and then when you grow up, it's very easy to incorporate those types of things in your life because you've grown up seeing them being prepared in a lot of different ways. Whereas here, most people, if they have a vegetable that isn't quote unquote common to the American diet, maybe they've had it once in a restaurant. And maybe because it was in a restaurant, it was fried or it was, you know, um, done in, in tons of cheese and butter and thing because it's a restaurant. So um, then we have to think, OK, like, how can I make that healthful? It's a little it's a little different. But the book uh, gives a lot of these recipes because I want people to, to be able to feel comfortable. Like you go to the store, you see dandelion greens. OK, what can I do with these dandelion greens and, and how are they going to help me kind of thing? Um you know, beans and legumes, so important. Even just one serving a day, you know, half a cup can give people so many health benefits in terms of fiber and protein and, you know, helps them to build muscle and um, lose fat. And most Americans don't get a lot of uh, beans and legumes unless they're eating like in a Mexican restaurant or things like that. But there are so many and they're, they're easy and they're cheap. Um, so it's, I like to give a lot of different different ideas for those in well. And herbs and spices, you know, important ingredients that we think of as an afterthought, but especially for people with diabetes, can be so important. And in a lot of places in the Mediterranean, that those are an ingredient. So like in Italy, we say, you know, parsley is like kids, it gets into everything. But parsley is um, has a lot of vitamin A, a lot of vitamin C, great detoxifier, and also cilantro for people who like it. I know some people don't like it, but, you know, great detoxifier, you know, shown oh, to I regular. love it. My husband hates it. I read some study, like either it tastes horrible, this tastes like dirt, or you love it. <laughs> Right, right. Some people actually can't digest it, but you know, that's just one. There are many, but they're, they're very inexpensive. People grow their own. So they use a ton of them and um, they're very, very beneficial. They're one of the underlying things that people don't talk about when they talk about, you know, that much, the Mediterranean diet that I really want people to think about salads, for example, instead of using lettuce in a lot of places, they'll use a, a combination of a lot of fresh herbs and just, you know, uh, chop them up really finely and toss them with the vegetables, not a teaspoon or a tablespoon, but like by the cupful. And that provides a lot of nutrients um, that are great. Oh, that's awesome. So in the book, you have the seafood, you have the chicken, you have the legumes. Uh, I have to be honest, I, I I had a friend who took the book. <laughs> I'm like, why did you? I have a, a past, okay, I have two, two stacks that could practically reach the ceiling of books. Do not borrow, because I'm still using them. And yes, you can borrow that. And although I should just make people buy their own, sorry. Anyway, she really wanted to. And um, yeah, so that's that. So I don't have it in front of me and I wish I did. But oh. if I recall, you had the seafood and then the poultry. Am I, am I correct? Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell me a little right. more. So seafood, uh, fish and seafood, um, and part of the Mediterranean diet, you should be eating at least two times a week. Um, fish especially for people with diabetes is so important because, you know, the omega threes are really, really important. Great to have those healthful fats and the nutrients um, have the fish has so many different um, nutrients in it that, you know, magnesium and things like that, that people with diabetes tend to not have as much of, or, or really can be benefit from more. And also, you know, it's a, it's low fat in terms of proteins. You get a lot of bang for your buck. It'll help you to feel full. It'll help you to be more energetic, but yet um, it doesn't have a lot of fat at all. So it's a great thing for people uh, to be using as their protein about three and a half um, ounces per serving is, is fantastic of fish. And if you can do that two to three times a week, great. They found out that um, adding an additional serving of seafood to your diet could reduce your risk of heart um, disease by 49%. So even that, 
I tell people, if you're not eating it all, just have one time a week. If you're eating it once, have it twice. And if you're eating it twice, have it three times, that kind of thing. So, and there are, so there are a lot of great uh, seafood recipes, different applications in the book. And I always tell people, you know, go with what's fresh, go with what you can get. And also because unfortunately of the water situation, people are worried about, you know, what should I eat? So the Monterey Bay Aquarium actually has a seafood watch, which has an app, which is updated constantly and tells people what your best to worst choices are in terms of sustainability. And so people can always refer to that for a resource. Um, And then I have poultry, eggs, and cheese and yogurt. So those are uh, moderate portions eaten daily to weekly. I know, you know, there are a lot of people that are trying to push the Mediterranean vegan diet or the Mediterranean vegetarian diet, and that, that's fine too. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And if someone is really, you know, committed to that, they can get the nutrients that they need and be okay. But I also want to make the point that historically the diet was not vegan. A lot of the uh, researchers who came from America and went to Greece, um, for example, in the 60s and studied the lifestyle, they happened to go during Lent. So in Greek Orthodox, people don't eat dairy and, and um seafood and sorry dairy and meat so at that time they thought they were vegan but they it's just because they were observing lent um but but yogurt's very important because traditionally you know people who were nomadic they were traveling around they couldn't afford to slaughter an animal and have meat every day they would milk the animal they would from the milk they would make cheese and yogurt and for you know millennia that was our our staple one of our staple foods in the mediterranean so and yogurt you know great for people with diabetes if it's not a sugar added you know thing with some some weird fruit concoction of just plain yogurt or like you know something that that's uh organic and whole and doesn't have um added sugar it yogurt's very good because in addition to the probiotics it also has something called inulin in it and the inulin balance out blood sugar levels it looks like insulin without the s um that's been proven to be beneficial and also a great source of protein, you know, easy to easy snacky. Everybody's on the run. They don't have time to eat this or that. So like yogurt's always there for you once a day, <laughs> nice serving. Um, and then meats and sweets are at the top of the pyramid. So less often. So I actually have a chapter called meats and sweets in the book. And the reason for that is I know they don't, as a chef, I know they don't go together, you know, technically. However, I want to drive home the fact that people should be eating them less. They're a treat. So once a week or, you know, once a month or whatever, you want to have your meats and sweets. These are the great recipes in that book that you can go to and still adhere to the diet. Oh, that's fantastic. Amy, you are so wonderful. I, I know I've interviewed you before. I think it was about the Italian, but I'm not sure. I'm going to check because if not, I definitely want you back when you're not traveling uh, or we can do this from anywhere. I just, I, I want to switch lives for a while because I want to go to all these fabulous places. It just sounds absolutely amazing, but tell everybody how we can find you and your fantastic book. I'm so excited. The Mediterranean diabetes cookbook, second edition of flavorful heart, healthy approach to cooking and all your other books as well. Sure. So my website is amyriolo.com. So that's spelled A-M-Y-R-I-O-L-O.com. You can go there to find out all the information on my tours and my appearances and my books. And then also all of my books are available on Amazon. And so they can view them there or um, they can go to the American Diabetes Association website, um, shopdiabetes.org. And I also wanted to make everybody aware of a great new initiative that if they do have diabetes or, or have a loved one that does, Diabetes Food Hub is a new resource on the web with all kinds of great things for people with diabetes, meal planners, day-to-day, what you need to do. You know, For example, they did a week worth of Mediterranean meals from my, from my book, uh, Morning, Noon, Night, What People Need to Eat kind of thing. It's just an, it's a fabulous resource and it's new. Well, I'm so excited. I just think you're fantastic, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on. You are always welcome. Thank you. It's an honor, Lisa.
Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.